On today's show, author and Iranian media personality Mike Mustafavi joins the roundtable to take on the current crisis, Iran's role in it, and the hybrid vehicle. Curious? Stay with us for Tuesday noon, July 18th, 2006. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, Tuesday noon, and uh, we've been off for a couple of weeks. We have. Because uh, of the holiday. There was a big holiday, uh, 4th, 4th of, July. of July. We were skipped that. And then I went on vacation. Congratulations. And since I have all the equipment, you guys were uh, suffering through a, an extra week of we vacation were because of me. We missed you. I apologize for that. Yeah. I dearly apologize yes. for that. My week is not complete without a <laughs> Tuesday noon. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, welcome back. It is good to be here. Uh, we, it is, uh, we've decided uh, that this is going to be uh, the saddest episode of Tuesday Noon to date. Perhaps. The saddest? Yeah, it's going to be Why sad. is it sad? Well, because it's very topical this week. Yes, it right? is. It's very topical, and it actually gets me fired up. So it's either going to be sad or angry. A lot of passion. A lot of passion. I told you guys fire. before, do you just wind Mary up? A little bit. She goes. It, it's, it's the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> So, uh, around the table. Well, I woke up this morning. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I get a wine Maria. <laughs> uh, so, around the table, I'm Pete Wright, and uh, we I have sitting next to me the lovely and talented and fiery Mary Bradbury. Jones. Indeed, and across the table for me, the talented and lovely well, Mr. James Whitley, yeah. or just Mr. James Whitley. Okay. Uh, James, good to have you, and uh, and we have our special guest. Yes, Our do. very special guest. Our guest today is Mike Mostafavi, and he is a faculty member here at University of Phoenix, as well as the chair for graduate business and IT. And he is here today to talk with us about Iran. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, you introduced me very well. <laughs> I don't really need it. So that's it? So that's all you got? <laughs> okay, thanks. Thank you. See you. Try the veal. Well, uh, I am an Iranian-American, of course. Uh, I've been here since uh, 1978. Uh, when I left Iran, of course, uh, we had a Shah at that time. And I've been busy... Uh, doing, of course, teaching, <laughs> and uh, I also have a television program, weekly television program, and uh, I provide news for Iranian radio stations uh, here and also in Los Angeles. So where, so where can we, where can we actually find you? If I wanted to go ter- turn the dial, uh, where would I go? Basically, uh, KBOO is on a radio station okay. here, local. Mm-hmm. And uh, Channel 11 on cable, mm-hmm. uh, public access. Okay. It's my show, 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. And it's Saturday called? Night. It's called? It's called My Iran. My Iran. Right. All right. Excellent. And we'll put that on the website, too. Yeah. Uh, do you have a website? I do have a website, sure. Go on, plug it. Okay. It's basically iranaman.tv. Iranaman? Iranaman. It's I R A N. Right. <laughs> oh, I-R-A-N. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, I'm confused. Right. Iran Iman? E-man. E-man. Right. E-man. Right. That means Excellent. Iran-Iman. It means my Iran. Oh, Persian. oh okay. Iran-Iman. Okay. Is it in uh, English or their dual languages or is no, it? No, it's in Persian. In Persian. It's Persian. So you can go to it. <laughs> Check it out. And that's and about it. you can look it. at it. Right. 
That's nice. Website, Do you know the truth oh, of it is? The website is in English and Persian. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh, oh that's better. The show the is in Persian. Persian. The show. So okay. you can watch the show, and that's about where it stops. Exactly. There will be many words and no communication. A lot like this show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, so, uh, so, so we should note, I think, that um, you know, to toot Mike's horn here, he is very well known in the Iranian community. Uh, particularly in the Pacific Northwest. In a, in a good way. In a good right, way. Just put that out <laughs> right, there. Right. It's okay. not, he's not, has not been in time. It's not, I don't know, yeah, FBI most wanted list. We're all still right. sitting around it's the table with him. It's all positive, yeah. positive yes. reputation. And you have recently published a book. Exactly. Uh, the book is not about Iran, of course. Correct. But <laughs> it's about a programming language called Visual Basic. Very and cool. it's actually in English. Uh, Sometimes. Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, but... <laughs> Your students claim it's not. <laughs> so that's great. It all looks like Greek. <laughs> and then one other thing to note about Mike, he, he uh, is very humble and never toots his horn, but that he also edits music videos that come up out of L.A. Yes, I do that. See, now I didn't even know I that. I didn't know that. Right. Check I you out. That. I've been doing that for many years, actually. Very Six talented. Years, right? Very talented. That's how you paid for the wedding. Exactly. That was one of the things that I used to pay for my daughter's wedding. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, so you get to see all the videos before they come on TV? You get to see all of them? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I brought some, several of them. You know, yeah. You, you mean you're going to hook us up? <laughs> huh? you're, you're quite a hipster, Jamie Whitley. Well, I am. <laughs> He's, He's trying a to pretend. Man. He's a businessman. Yeah. <laughs> 50 cent? Do you have the latest... I got a quarter. Uh, oh, 50 cent. <laughs> right. Do you have the latest Hillary Duff? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, what were we here to talk about We're today? here to talk about Iran. Yeah, and, so, and in greater context, though, I mean, it's just what, what has happened over the last week, uh, uh, over the last... Weekend. I mean, when I was on vacation, I, when did it start? I mean, the, the bombing started. So you're talking about. I'm talking about Lebanon. You're talking so about Lebanon, Lebanon actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's part of where this discussion it's will, probably all related. invariably end up, right? Yes. Is, yeah. is we're talking about Iran and, the, and, and party support and the political, uh, uh, the political storm Martin front that is, is brewing, the brouhaha, the kerfuffle. Uh, that is brewing in this whole mess, and 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 what does it mean? What does it mean for the overall picture of the Middle East? What does it mean for for our role and and who we have aligned ourselves with, and and uh, and Iran's role? And that's really what we're and isn't we're it fascinating that this uproar has happened at the same time that Iran has been sent to the UN Council mm-hmm. for these things of nuclear weapons or power or whatever, and all of a sudden, as soon as that happens. Hezbollah comes across, steals a couple of folks. Israel decides they're all upset, and and so there's and all of a sudden the attention has been turned to something else, and so these other things become kind of back burners. So then you wonder if it's contrived, where does it end, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Iran's name has been actually in this conflict from the beginning. And How so? Since, since uh, Iranian regime, this new Islamic Republic of Iran, uh, is been in power, uh, you hear this accusation all the time from different uh, um, newspapers, uh, government officials. They accuse Iran that Iran has something to do with this conflict by supporting Hezbollah, by supporting uh, Hamas and, you know, other, actually, parties that are there. Iran, of course, denies that all the time. And uh, they support uh, Hezbollah just from spiritual 
you know, aspect. They never ever say that they support them, you know, financially or provide weapons, you know, anything like that. And there hasn't been any any proof, you know, for that. Um, is Iran going to take advantage of this situation? Yes, because that takes away the attention, right, from Iran now to Israel and to Lebanon and the conflict in that area. Um, so, so that's that's the end of the story. Actually, that's going on for has been going on for at least twenty eight years that this regime actually is in power. So, are they really supporting Hezbollah? They are. They are because. But you know, we don't know about money and that kind no, of stuff. No, we, we really do not. It always that. fascinates me. So, some kind of terrorism act happens, and they all say, "Oh, well, it was Osama bin Laden and and Al Qaeda." How do, you, how do you know? You know uh, how, how do we know? Right. That, well, prior that to that, uh, I remember that when uh, um, there was a bombing in uh, Oklahoma City, I think. That's right. Uh, that's right. Do you remember that? That oh, was yes. the, uh, um, T. McVeigh, right? And mm-hmm. the first name, right, before they knew who did it, the first name that hit uh, the public was Iran, right? Maybe Iran was responsible for that. Yeah. So because of that image... Uh, Iran is going to be accused, you know, all the time. Uh, in Iraq, you, you hear Iran's name, right? Um, publicly, sometimes officials uh, say that. Uh, they were showing, actually, a tank that was attacked, you know, by a new missile, and they were going to prove that that missile was given to them by Iran. Iran, of course, denies that mm-hmm. you know, from, um, from the other end. So, it, you know, it's very hard to prove, um, but I really believe that Iran has some interest in Iraq, uh, in Afghanistan, and also in Lebanon. I mean, they're trying to fill a void and create, really be the regional power. Is exactly. What it, it, exactly. From just looking at it from an outside exactly. point of view, it appears exactly. to be that way. Exactly. And the, because religion is the most important thing that they have in their hand, they can promote it in Afghanistan and also in Iraq and most definitely in, in Lebanon because majority of people are Shiite in that in that area. So really the president doesn't have much power. It's the religious wing the of the country. The Ayatollah actually says the last word and mm-hmm. he has a, uh, he can basically dismiss the president if he wants to. Hmm. Hmm. Very powerful person over there. Right? Uh, interesting quote today posted just a second ago, Associated Press uh, in, in Tehran uh, no part of Israel is safe in the current fighting with Lebanon. Iran's parliamentary speaker warned Tuesday, referring to the range of guerrilla rockets. A direct quote. The towns you have built in northern Palestine are within the range of the brave Lebanese children. No part of Israel will be safe. And uh, while the speaker is not among the most influential office bearers in Iran, Haddad Adel's comments call into question the Tehran government's official position that it is not involved in the conflict between Israel and Lebanon. Man. Yes. Yeesh. How do you want to be that guy? Yeah, yeah. He he's the speaker of the house. Yeah. actually, had the other yes. Um, as I said, you you know publicly, um, they support Hezbollah because they believe that they are fighting for the rights. They really believe that that's something that religious they, they right. religious rights. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do you solve that, though? So, is, so is, somebody comes across your border right. and takes a couple of folks, kills some people, and, and takes them back and says, screw you, and 
and we're going to go hide them and do that? whatever we want to do. Can we say that? We can say <laughs> that. You just made us explicit. Yeah. Well, you can always go beep <laughs> at the right time. Uh, and, and so Israel, of course, decides that they're going to take action. And, and I, they're probably are justified in a certain respect to do that. But where does that end and how much action should, should they take? Well, and, that's and, the question, right? Is, <clears throat> and it's just escalating. And right. right, because they took out the power plant, which so now you have millions of people with no water, no ability to cook And not food. just Hezbollah, Lebanon, right? Oh, so yes, so Lebanon, a government that Lebanon. recently has formed after the Syrians left and exactly. has tried to kind of the thing that I, you know, I have in mind is uh, Hezbollah is not really representing Lebanon, and most people no. do not know that. Okay. Yes. So th- I'm not sure when or where that is going to end because yeah. people, majority of people, do not support Hezbollah. They don't really like this conflict. The same in Iraq. Most right. most people do not support insurgents. Right, but it's happening, and that creates uh, problems right. every day. Um, so, solution, I am not really sure because in, in 40, 40 some years they haven't found any solution, and I don't think that in half an hour we can solve that problem here. Okay. So let's where you know forty three years this has been going on, and, right. and there was a time when the Persians were in rule that they were very open to other religions. It was, it was they were big about respect. Um, there was a great relationship with Israel. Yes. What happened? Well, the Islamic uh, Republic of Iran changed everything that Shah actually created. Uh, the Shah was known as a puppet of the United States, specifically. And as a result, this government took the opposite direction. Pendulum swung. Exactly. So yeah. whatever, well, the Shah was basically publicly, right, was supporting the United States. He, had a, he was selling oil to, to Israel and had a very uh, friendly relationship with Israel. As a matter of fact, I think at the time, Iran was the only country, um, Islamic country, was selling uh, oil to Israel. Well, Islamic uh, Republic of Iran changed that completely, right, and made the United States and Israel their enemy. So that's how they are surviving, right? Because they, they they're fear mongers. Exactly. But, and to simply to, though, diss the Shah, for no lack of a better term? Yes, yes, because, they, because people of Iran hated the Shah at the time. Not for these things, of course. I mean, for torture, for uh, many other things that he did. Sounds like George Iran. Bush. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you said it, not me. Now we're explicit. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, to take advantage of that uh, hate, what they did, they said, okay, we are adding all of other accusations, right, to to his, to the current accusation. And as a result, uh, they are uh, saying a lot of things about Israel. However, I don't really believe that, excuse me, I don't believe that there is going to be any war between the United, uh, between Iran and Israel. Uh, if you remember during uh, um, Iran-Iraq war, Israel actually sold right weapons to Iran. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really sure if they are real enemies. Uh, I think it's that Iran is using that uh, to basically uh, to, to be to become popular right. among 
Arab nations. So you create a perception of fear exactly. based upon exactly. something exactly. so that you can stay in power or exactly. gain power when you don't have power. Sure. And go also to, this go is to standoff. countries and say, we'll be there to back you, right. that kind right. of thing, and then right. they start building that. And you see like that this standoff with the United States has added to the popularity of the current president of Iran. He's, he's very, very popular in yeah. Arab nations because he's... Well, you're standing fighting. up, right? Exactly. You're, you're, like, yeah. Yeah. you're yeah. sticking it to the man exactly. and, and going your own way. Exactly. And the situation right now with the involvement of the United States with two wars, right, it's very, very difficult to, to confront Iran, um, you know. And other countries, of course, Russia and China, they are really backing Iran on, on this issue. And, uh, a lot of financial Iran, reasons, though, right? They have a exactly. lot of money involved, exactly. oil, all that kind of stuff. China so. just signed a contract in September, last September, a hundred billion dollars, right, of yeah. oil buying from Iran, and Russia is helping Iran to for this nuclear facility that yeah. they're building. So they are very, very involved financially, yeah. as you say, and uh, they don't want uh, that go. So what's so. Israel going to do with Lebanon? And really, you're, you're fighting a, a a ghost in Hezbollah, right? Because they could be in your. They're not defined. It's not right. like they all wear the same outfit and hang out in the same place. You're absolutely right. right. I mean, so what do you what do you do? Well, let's let's take. Take it back to Iraq. Who are these insurgents, right, that you are looking for, right? Who are they? I mean, they are regular people, right, uh, civilians. You see them in the street at night. They may go and explode, you know, a place. So it's yeah. very, very hard. How do you define, define them? Yeah. Very, How do you define terrorists? Right. Exactly. exactly. Well, wasn't it Reagan that said one person's freedom fighter is another person's insurgent? I think he used insurgent. Well, it really is true. If somebody were in our country... Right, and do doing this thing. to us. I'd be an insurgent. Exactly. Yeah, wouldn't bother me at all. So how do you, how do you define, and where do you stop? And, that, and that's really is where the regional conflict, because Israel seems at this point to be ratcheting it up more and more, and, and Hezbollah in return, and, and so it's this tit-for-tat getting bigger and bigger, and it's... So what about Lebanon? I mean, we know that you know, Hezbollah doesn't really represent them, but are they playing a role in this? What... I, I seriously or, or do we that. think Lebanon truly is some, some victim? Um, well, obviously, when there is an explosion and uh, people get killed, right? Uh, I mean, we are talking about innocent people, people who are not involved in this conflict. That is going to create problems. So most likely, Hezbollah recruits all of his, you know, their staff, right, from these unhappy people. So group now they're angry people. and they exactly. get more recruits. So they, they can bring him in. The same thing in Iraq. Absolutely. And, it's the you same know, thing. That, that's what yeah. is happening. Uh, you, there is an explosion. Somebody lost five, six members of uh, his family. He's going to join. You're right? going to join it's, and you're going to exactly. get revenge exactly. and you're going to do so whatever that's it takes. Thing so. Going on. On the top of that, Islamic uh, mosques or churches, whatever you call them, they encourage this yeah. revenge all the time. They prepare these people for going and... So you tie it to religion, which exactly. is, this is good, right. you should do this. Exactly, exactly. You're going to be rewarded, You want to be rewarded. So. You, wanna, you, you will go to heaven. All of the, you know, your sin are going to be, you know, forgiven. And so you're going to be a new person in heaven, right? So a lot of people do that. And uh, I call it brainwashed. And I think it's it's working. It's worship to them, <laughs> but to me, that's that's brainwash. And mm-hmm. uh, they are very very successful. There, 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 there has been many many 
documentary movies showing how they train these people to go and explore themselves, mm-hmm. you know, doing all of this stuff. And um, they are very successful in what they're doing. Is this World War Three? Well, you know, our friend, Mr. Gingrich, thinks it is. Well, it's interesting. I was just looking at that. Uh, he can't be the only one who said that. Well, no, it's another quote that from from uh, Haddad Adel uh, addressing Washington says, either cut your support for Israel or don't expect peace and compromise in the world. And the crowd responds with chants of death to Israel. Then you get Gingrich as a as a poster boy for the World War III movement, saying that we've got to uh, we've we've got to be indoctrinating the culture and the media that, to think of this as World War III, so that we don't lose our you know uh, lose the the uh, midterm election. But are you saying that's a bad thing? Oh, I don't think I was saying it I'm was just good or bad. I, I, I you know I, yeah, I think it's I mean, a bad thing. I think is this World War III? And and again, I I don't know. But on, on one side, you have this. And, and there's brainwashing that goes on all over the place, right? Yeah. I mean, so there are documents, documentaries about brainwashing, say, in the Middle East. We're brainwashing the United States as well. So it's really any different. So you've got on one side a, a religious uh, group that says, as long as you're here, we're going to – we want to destroy Israel. As long as you're in Saudi Arabia, you're, you're uh, you know, desecrating our land, death to you, blah, blah, blah. And then the other side, you have Americans going – well, what are you talking about? And we have our own particular religious beliefs, and and there's a big conflict. And, and is that – where does that end? And is that the start in a lot of ways of World War III, of the Middle East saying we want this, and some people in the Middle East agree and don't agree, and you have different factions and blah, blah, and beating the bejeebers out of each other and, and all deciding they're going to hate us for whatever reason? I mean – is that World War III? I read a tipping point. See, the, the, I think you're, you're at a point where it could go either way. That's that's my feel right now. Certainly not definable. Like, you don't have Germany or, or Japan. It's not like that. Exactly. So it's, it's a little different. Because it could just be the, the Shiites in all countries rising up. Right. I mean, yeah, you know. Sure. And so then that's sure. really a religious war in a way. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's tough. If, the if problem is rhetoric is, is escalating. Rhetoric escalates Absolutely. on all rhetoric. I mean, I, I have a. I, I might be more inclined to agree that we're we're on the cusp of World War III if it weren't for the fact that Bill O'Reilly says. Uh, I think we're in World War III. I think we're absolutely in World War III. Yeah. I mean, that just makes me insane because that coming from him, <laughs> it's it's irony all of a sudden, you know. And sure. and uh, so. I, I think we're at a diplomatic crossroads. That's a that's a great way of putting it. Well, I think there are some people who do not want to see peace in Middle East. Um, go back and you know look at newspapers. You know, last uh, six seven months, you see that every time that Israel and Lebanon and Palestine came actually sat on a table, right, discussion table, wanted to resolve something happened, right? Bomb exploded, right, in Jerusalem, right. Some people got killed. You know, something basically broke that negotiation. So some people do not want uh, Palestinians and Israel to be friends, right? Something is happening. I'm not really sure. Well, is it a religious Why thing which says, well, come on, let's see. The, the, everybody knows that everybody in Israel is... They're all bad news, those Jews, et cetera, et cetera. And so what we're going to do, we to make sure we kill them all. And so why are you all sitting down together? Let's bomb something and, and but replace do you, it. But is that really I mean, I the know. base of the hatred for them? I don't because know. why does everybody hate Israel? That's what I'm still trying to get my hands around. Ooh. 
Well, I think it's, it's propaganda, you know, through national radios, right? Uh, the government So you just control. create an enemy. I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah. That's been going on for thousands of years. Really, maybe you need a, we need a religious scholar to, to kind of talk yeah. about the origins of a lot of the religious beliefs and, and the separation of of peoples and because there's a lot of history is it there. really over land you know i mean it, is it really over oil i mean, I mean it's even deeper things, than that yeah isn't it? exactly so i mean why do the shias hate the other i don't know well why, it, right? yeah i mean the the history between uh, if you look at shias and sunnis it's uh, so ridiculous the, the conflict between them that you know when you really look into that you see that somebody is trying to promote this difference right because it's not you know they are muslim they are you know all muslim they believe everything except uh, their problems is over four imams right that sunnis don't believe and including ali right that uh, uh, shias really believe and they're followers of him and sunnis don't believe him right as one of their leaders yeah. right so that's the conflict and because of that you know they kill each other they go and now you see that in iraq they go and set bombs in each other's mosque and mm-hmm. kill 100 people for this ridiculous right uh, conflict so um, i really believe that a group of people are there religious group of people who do not want israel and palestine get together and resolve this issue because once that is gone right if the hate for israel is gone i'm not sure what iranian regime is going to do right what we are doing now why we are buying all of these military stuff or everything was to stand in front of israel now that israel is our friend what we're going to do well and you go back to germany they did the same thing the Jews are our enemy, and, and it's their fault that we are this way. And if we were able to exterminate them, then we would, the superior race, we would all be better off. And right. so it's the same type of argument. Sure. It's sure. you go back to the Crusades. Well, let's kill all the non-Christians because they're the ones that are. So it's, it's exactly. really the same exactly. thing throughout history. The interesting thing, though, is the stakes are just higher. It, it becomes, mm-hmm. first it's stones and sticks and guns <laughs> and tanks, and now we're like dropping bombs. Buster and bombs. And- yeah, and, and so... The, the stakes get higher, and it, the powder keg becomes more volatile. What do we do? Do we just pull out of Iraq? Would that solve all the problems? Um, I think if that happens, uh, it's going to be a major chaos in Iraq right now. Because, well, I really believe that civil war, we, we are near to civil, civil war in Iraq, right? But American forces are controlling that to some extent. Just your you presence, get out, kind of, right? You yeah. get out, then that country is totally out of control. You cannot really believe what's going to happen. I think gradually you, they should uh, give the UN more power, right, mm-hmm. to get in as they are really building their democracy and you know. Uh, having does, some does the UN really have any international credibility anymore at this point? Question. Well, yeah, I agree with you. They they don't. They don't because they couldn't really stop this war in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. So to people, no. But if they have forces, if they negotiate, if they become mediators, right, between 
in the United States. Right. Well, but they don't. And part of it becomes you have the five permanent members who have this veto power. And so then what happens is they have their own agendas. So Russia will come along and say, listen, you're not going to touch Iran, and and we've got all these oil contracts and those sorts of things. So then it becomes – there's no real compromise because everybody has their own agendas that, and they're willing because they have absolute veto power. Their agenda trumps everybody else's agenda at that particular moment. Right. So then, what does the UN really do in that respect? What do the five really do? Because they're never, they generally don't agree, and so then they all veto each other, and so nothing happens. Well, that's that's the reason that Iran is taking advantage. Because they know nothing will happen to them. They know that. Um, Yes, we know for a fact that two superpowers, right, are going to support us, right, China and Russia. And we're not going up against China. Exactly. Because they own us. Exactly. So, I mean, we're in a rock and hard place right now. Right. And also, you know, from a military standpoint, we are not really capable, right, of doing, starting a new war. We are committed. Unless you do it on a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, unselective method. Unless you right. say, all right, we're going to drop them out, we're going to take care of this city and all these yeah. people. Really? Just yeah. wipe, it off, just wipe it off the face. Yeah. Of the right. Unless you're willing to do that, we can't. We don't have the manpower to go in and strategically right. do little things here or there. Right. Um, so you see that, you know... So we can't Iran, pull out of Iraq. Pardon me? We can't pull out of Iraq. No. I, I really believe that if you oh, do Mary. that, no. You told me earlier, like, pull out. I think no. you should. But see, well, but see, I think they're in the, civil war the, right now. I, I, I believe they're in civil war. When you sure listen to are. reporters that are in there, um, you know, well, first of all, if you ever watch any reporter on the news, if you ever notice that they're nowhere but their balcony, okay, which means well, yeah. they go nowhere they're because in the green it's zone not looking out. safe. Okay, they're in the green zone on the balcony of their hotel room. Um, so when you talk to folks really out in the field, what a lot of them will say is, when they're asked, what is it that America should know? Right. Well, and what they say is that it is far <clears throat> worse over here than what America's being led to believe. It is out of control. Sure. And then you had, and I'm going to mess up, but whoever we that was elected that's been put in charge, you know, and he went to uh, both Bush and, and Rumsfeld and was saying, I need you guys to get out of here. You are part of the problem. Oh, Jeff, are you the guy? But they don't want, if you leave, it creates a huge vacuum and it would just collapse. Well, you, you can't just leave. I think you have you to can't. systematically. Well, I don't know. I don't think you just one minute you're there, one minute you're not. But I think that you need to start putting something in place to start moving out because but don't we either have that, that or we're going to be there forever. That's what people need to step up to the plate and realize. I'm going to play devil's advocate, though. President Bush is here and tell you, well, we have a plan for exit. We talked about setting up a government. We've done that. We've talked about them ta- the, the military taking over more provinces, and they've already started turning over provinces to Iraqi troops. And as they do that, we will draw down, and over the next several years, we will get out. Well, then so why what do more we do we have, want? Why do we but, have 10 military bases there? But what happened? Because, well, we need them at the time, but we're slowly going to draw out. And they've got plans on the board to start drawing out next year. So if that's not withdrawal, I mean, that's what I just heard you say. So isn't that what you want? Or you well, want it faster? I, 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 that's fine, although I, I'm skeptical and I don't believe that's the case. I think they're telling us what they want to hear to boost their numbers before midterm election. Oh. I don't believe them because I don't see why you go build a billion-dollar uh, embassy that's going to have over a 1,000 employees. We're and not we gonna, just, we'll never be we totally spent, out. 
or spending millions and billions to build 10 different military bases. So to me, just like to any Iraqi, what that says is they're not leaving. That's what the Iraqis believe based on our actions. We aren't leaving. I mean, right. Well, the headlines in the past few days was Sunnis now uh, do not want the United States actually leave. Why? Because prior to that, uh, Shiites did not really get involved in violence acts, exactly. right? They didn't really do anything. The Sunnis are the minority, right? Minorities, okay. right, yeah. right. But they used and they to were the ones who were in charge. They used to be in, right. in charge, exactly, yeah. under Saddam, right? right? Now they don't want the United States to leave because they see that they are going to be victims, right, of, of this conflict. Shiites are going to, you know... Oh, so they might them. get treated like they exactly. treated everybody else exactly. for all those years? So they don't want mm. that. Hmm. So it's going to be... And then we, are, we, are, we shouldn't forget about Kurdish people, another group. Exactly. Yeah. Right? That's, uh, so exactly. it's going to be... Why don't they separate into, like, three different countries? It wasn't separated. Well, why, don't well, why we? can't we? Why can't we? Under Saddam. Well, because of the language, because of the religion, because of so many other things, right? Mm. Uh, they, are, they are separated in nature, not that they, are, they cannot live, you know, with each other. But that was, you know, they are no, normally living in uh, in mountains, and that's the the Kurdish, the, the yeah. Kurdish yeah. people. Well, that's give them that live. part. Give right. the Shiites. Well, but then a doesn't part. it become oil because oil crosses also, boundaries? And that's exactly. why I was going to come back exactly. to you when we were talking all of these things, and you had brought something up, and it was like, so oil is the common denominator. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Of all so of this, are you this. fighting in the end over oil? So what? I, I don't know. The, the I, thing that the religion of oil, I just yeah. coined it. I, I could be famous. Well, coined I think a new the, term. The, uh, you so remember? You Mark. mentioned that Bush had actually. Um, Everybody's picking on me now. No, 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 no. He had actually a philosophy, right? He had a, <laughs> an agenda uh, to go to Iraq and then have a democratic government and right. And when they are completed, said get out of Iraq. Yeah, but I argued not that knowing that, not knowing that Iran. Right, would influence this 65% of the population. Yes, I agree. Right? And what they really do not know, the Ayatollah that Shias actually follow is Iranian. Ayatollah Sistani, right, mm-hmm. that everybody believes is Iranian. Okay? So now the government that they picked is Shia. Okay? Mm-hmm. So how you want to know what that does, that adds another Iran, right, Mm-hmm. To the current regime. So exactly. Because I, mean, I think the goal was. So, what, what kind of democracy yeah. you're talking about? I am not sure. Look at yeah. Iran. That's kind of democracy that they have. Okay. Pseudo democracy. Yeah. 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 With a religious. With a religious, right. Certainly stronger than we would have in the United right. States. Right. Yeah. So, here, here it would be another question. We're, we're told a lot that the reason for all of this is that they hate our freedom here in the United States. Well, now, it's always you, our fault. You've got 60% of Iraq under the age of 30. Mm-hmm. Do they hate us or do they like You mean Iran? I mean Iran. Iran. Sorry. Yes, excuse me. No. They no. love us, don't they? Actually, that is not true at all. Uh, you know, I, I am Iranian and I talk to a lot of Iranians in this country and also, you know, uh, back home. They love Americans. This is not true at all. You see this hate, this slogan, and this propaganda among a group of government officials, government-controlled demonstrations, right? 
that you see uh, debt to America and everything. But that's not what people of Iran. So they're trying to hang on to power. We're talking about fear, and it kind of goes back to that. Let's hate them, and nobody will realize that. Well, our government sucks, and we're not helping unemployment. And you know, and, no, I mean, and they right. might want yeah. democracy, yeah, which might, then takes us out of power. Out. Yeah, exactly. But who tells you all of this stuff that Iranians hate American freedom and everything? Well, either that comes from officials in this country or officials from Iran, right? And both of them are biased, right? They are not really telling the telling you the truth, and there is no way for you as an individual to go and research it in Iran and see whether people think well, that. And I don't know not. that our media reports that very well either. We no, no, they are not, but, but if you look, people come from Iran, a lot of reporters confirm that Iranians are not against the United mm-hmm. States. Actually, they were showing many, many documentaries, including Christian Amanpour, who has gone to Iran, showing that you know people have uh, pictures of uh, Madonna, you know. No, really. I mean, yeah, all right. of these uh, you know, uh, stars, you know, in this country. I still have a David Hasselhoff poster. <laughs> Mary still got David Hasselhoff <laughs> no. on the wall, a little poster. I laughed because didn't we have a conversation where somebody was like, he's still around? I'm like, he's huge in Europe. Wasn't that the three of us that had that conversation? No, Mary. Anyway, he's huge. Mary came back the other day. She was all happy because no, she really. got it. I she mean, got the poster really signed good. at the concert, and, and now it's hanging up at home. And yeah. So, so th- uh, that I totally reject that accusation or that statement. I don't believe that. I think the other thing that's important with that, though, 60% of the country is under the age of 30, so they don't have all of these years of baggage and hatred Exactly. You know, exactly. Um, on their back. But so that's why I think we're at a very, where you said, a diplomatic crossroads. If 60% of that country is under the age of 30 and likes us, what we do now could affect the relationship with this country for the next... 35, 40 years. Right. Okay, so if we do something so devastating that now we make that 60% of that country sure. now hate us, uh, that that concerns me. I mean, that concerns my child's future, I would say. I'd be more worried about that. When wasn't, that wasn't that Bush's idea, again, weapons of mass destruction aside, was, well, we'll go into Iraq, we'll... we'll create this democracy, it'll be successful, and then the so other Iran. countries around will see that, and, and the 60% population will say, wow, we want a piece of that. We think that's good, and well, they would rise up and control their own countries. Right, but in Iran, they're not showing, even if there was a success, well, there hasn't been. I mean, as far as I know, there hasn't been any success in Iraq so far. But even if that was, do you think that Iranian regime would go and show success, you know, in, in that country? No. What they're showing is the war, people without water, people, people, dying, all of people right. dying, all of these things. So they are Children taking advantage of that, <laughs> and they're telling Iranian people, is that what you really it's want? It's kind of like the Democratic politicians showing coffins with American flags hanging over it on TV. <laughs> I don't want to get into politics. <laughs> yes, or the guy Man. who's going against Sherrod Brown doing footage of smoke coming out of the tower saying Sherrod Brown supports terrorism. Absolutely, it's all the same thing. It's I mean, fear-mongering to drive your horrible. point forward. You create extremes to drive your point forward on, on both sides. And, and going back to nuclear you know, power, majority of Iranians were against that because they were afraid of retaliation. They hmm. thought that something would happen. But what Iranian regime has done in the past year or two, they have made that a national pride, right, for, for most young people, that this is your rights. We're not after nuclear weapon at all. We want to have energy. We want to cut 
you know, we want to be, become independent, right? So we don't want to really uh, import any oil from any other countries, and we want to survive. That's why they don't want to have our success here. They hate that we are becoming an independent country. And that idea is sold to a lot of young generations. Well, we do the same thing here. And there's pride in your country, exactly. right? But does anybody at this table believe that they're not using that technology for weapons and those sorts of things? You mean in Iran? In Iran. Yeah, do you believe that? That it's an energy, that it's an energy strategy? Well, so far, every single report from independent sources has well, basically confirmed that they haven't seen any sign. But until the stuff was I ripped out, no inspectors right. were allowed. Do I believe that they're gonna do it in the future? Of course. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what you do with nuclear power. You make bombs. That's what you do. See, if you are threatened, right? If you feel that you are not safe, obviously that is gonna be the option for you, right? And knowing this regime, knowing the regime of Iran. I really believe that eventually they're going to go to that. If not already, it will happen. Yeah, it's going to happen because... So then the big question, the question for our children or children's children is where are those bombs going to be pointed? Well, do we have a right to tell them that they can't make them? We have them. But but in reality... But we're trying to get rid of them. But but, but see what happens. Because we're America. But we can have India has had it for many years. Right, Pakistan yeah. has had it yeah. for many yeah. years. Mm-hmm. How many of these countries have used that so far? You know, I mean, they are destroyed if they ever. Yeah, I mean, well, India that. and Pakistan. It's, it's it's Russia and U.S. You know, exactly. thirty years ago. But the I mentality mean, is now different. So again, I'll play devil's advocate. Rumsfeld, who's here, would say, "But how many of those people do you see strap bombs to themselves and willing to walk in into a, a crowded shopping mall?" So now it becomes, if I'm a rogue terrorist and I can get a hold of this technology from my country that doesn't really like this other country, and I can strap it to myself and go in, what prevents them from doing that? And is that acceptable to us? And and so then it becomes this pushback, and well, we don't want you to have them, right? And the country said, "Well, we have every right to." and I don't know. Because that's does that give both, you power? Does that give you well, oomph sure when you come to the table for sure negotiation around everything? You know, kids right. on the street get a gun. Because, Look at me. I because bombs I've, equate to or nuclear weaponry equates to uh, industrial power. I mean, exactly. it equates mm-hmm. to political and economic power, and that's the shame mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. That you know, here yesterday, twenty killed, oil officially, oil official abducted in Iraq uh, in a suicide bomb, and you know. How is you know twenty people justified differently than somebody strapping a nuclear bomb to his chest and saying right. killing thirty thousand or a million? Yeah, right. And no, I, it, I it think is the, scary. I it think the thing with nuclear, and and this could be naive, this could be Pollyanna, but this is nuclear. you know what I was nuclear. believing in the early eighties when we were still you know having the Cold War conflict crammed down our throats to keep us scared. And I was in junior high saying, this makes no sense, because if they launch, we launch, we're all destroyed, the world's over, who would do that? And if you're the few people that go down in a bunker, do you want to live like that for the next whatever, it, you know, 30 years before you can come up due to contamination and those kinds of things? Oh, sign me up. I mean, I think I'd rather go in the blast. But the you game know? is different now, yeah. because before we would say, well, who would strap a bomb to themselves? And the answer is a lot of people. So now it becomes, I don't care about my life. I'm going to go to heaven and get all my sins forgiven. And, and religious says, I'm really a good guy if I do this. So I don't care. 
So I'm going to do it, and I'm going to strap that bomb to myself, but, and but I'm going to go and hang out. Is everybody that that radical? Well, there's got to be a lot of people in Iraq and Iran, Iran and Lebanon and stuff who are. And so, we're, how do we how do we stop that? And I don't know the answer, but and they certainly have a right to have technology and stuff. But if they're willing to do that, and then and then threaten our country and say, "Well, we hate you, and we're the government, we're going to take you out." Do we have a responsibility as a government to try and stop them? And at what point do you do that, and how do you do that? Well, well that's different. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're I'm going to take you out. Question. That's a threat. I'm asking this question. What guarantees that other countries do not really supply these things we don't have to any these guarantee. people? There is no guarantee. I mean, even if Iran is not officially making bombs, We don't bombs, have any guarantee. Right? They have so then do you let everybody? No, but, but what I'm saying is under the current circumstances that we see in Iran, Iran has provided at least this misconception, right, that we have the rights to make energy and all Arab countries, right, are supporting Iran, right? Mm-hmm. And they say that, okay, where, where you found, right, something that showed that I'm making a bomb, right? Hundreds of inspectors, you know, have, have gone to Iran, inspected everything. They took all of these samples and everything, and still right. they haven't found anything. So once that, um, that is done and the, the world is assured that nothing, Iran right. is not going to do that, eventually they're going to they're gonna make a bomb. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, and, I, and we all agree, but we're not allowed inspectors anymore, so we have no idea. But then it becomes, I don't think anybody allows inspectors in our country to do that kind of stuff. I mean, I, don't know. I thought I don't about know that. I'm like, ever asked. Well, yeah, well, well we want to inspect your treaty. stuff, but who, who but, inspects But the United States us? hasn't signed a treaty for that. You can't that, have that's a bomb. That's true. Right? Yeah. Israel right. can have a bomb yeah. because they never signed that. Right. right? So Iran hasn't signed that treaty. Uh, Iran has said that, yeah, we, we, we're not going to make any bomb. As a result, now they are under this. But you uh, sign it, and then a new guy gets in charge, and he says, nah, treaties don't avoid. And who's going to stop you? It's not like you can get thrown in jail. Like, like you, so it, well, that our own leadership is doing that, this, these whole signing statements yeah, issue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's yeah. This is law except for that and that. And, and when I do Maybe it. that yeah, exactly. when we do it. Yeah. And all those guys with Guantanamo, <laughs> well, we're just going to leave them there because we think that's a good thing. Yeah, because right. that was our idea. So – Who's in charge? Who, who makes those decisions? And right now, the decisions are made basically with bombs. Well, well, I really believe that if they are threatened and they think that bomb is going to protect them, that's definitely something they, yeah, they're going to they're going to have. And they look at other countries and they see that okay, they are safe. They're not going to attack, you know, North Korea. Is right it now. acceptable for the United States? to know that Iran has a nuclear weapon? I mean, are you okay with that? Yeah, but they know it. Well, you're okay with that? If they know they have one. Are, are sure. you saying as opposed to them not knowing it? Well, my point is this. Let's, <laughs> say, let's say Iran announces the world. Guess what? We have 10 nuclear weapons sitting on missiles. Yeah. We can point them anywhere we want in the world. Are we okay with that? Same thing that India and Pakistan. Mm-hmm. As and, long as they're not going to do know. anything yeah. with them. Oh, but how do we know? Well, the, how do we and again, know, anybody, we know, do we know we're not, not. going to do it? But well, again, well, I'm playing well, devil's advocate. But but we do know that somebody in Iran, for example, is willing to strap a bomb to themselves. We, we've, we've seen that. So then what prevents that same person or that same group to take that same nu- that nuclear weapon and strap to themselves and show up at a mall? And, and, I mean, so, and it's fear. I agree. But yeah. if, if you can do this, this is Management 350 class, if you can do this – can you then do this because the argument's exactly the same? 
And is that okay for us? And, and I don't know the answer to that, but that, that's a tough yeah. argument. And that's well, the argument we're having. Jamie, look at one thing. What Iran has done, one thing, in the past two years that they've been negotiating with Europe and you know, struggling with, with the fact that uh, to prove that they don't have nuclear uh, weapon, um, or which they don't at this point, but they don't have the intention right, to make that. One thing that they have done, they have proven the fact that now you need to take us seriously because we yeah. have enriched this uranium to this extent, right? So, yes, we are capable of making nuclear bomb if you're not really playing with us, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Because Power. prior to that was President Bush said, Iran needs to do this, and that was the end of yeah. it, right? No negotiation, <clears throat> no nothing. Now Iran says, no, wait a minute. You come and talk to us because right. we have this power. That's what that's they, a, so that's a respect. Exactly. It is a respect exactly. issue. So that's what they are after. Whether they're going to do that in 10 years, 20 years, making a nuclear bomb, that's possible. I really believe we that don't do a very good job of respecting other countries. I, I, I think because we right. think we're arrogant and we think, well, we're going to tell you to do this. Yeah, and, calling and blah, them excess of evil, you know, yeah, all of exactly. this stuff, then, yes. then you block your negotiation, you know, route with them because how you want to negotiate with me when you think that, you know, but again, take that same logic to Palestine that says that Israel doesn't have a right to exist. And so then it, it's the same argument, right? Exactly. And, or and, and Iran president says that the, he, he wants to wipe out uh, Israel's Israel, uh, right? you know, map from, yeah. from the world. I mean, that. It, what do you do? Well, so going back to a question we had earlier, which was, what does this, you know, how do we stop it? Is one of the ways we stop it is we get off our need for that oil. So then we can say, whatever goes on over there is really up. I'm going to start eating more French fries so I can we make don't, oil for diesel. That's you know, is that? I mean, would that? Do we, do we Take just for the get team, out? Take them over the team. That's nice. Yeah, good French fries. Do we start, you know, do we be like Switzerland? Hey, you know, we don't get involved in that stuff. We don't do that stuff because we don't need to get involved. Well, um, I, I think it's absolutely true that we have to become more independent with the, and we have so many natural resources. But at the same time, aren't we also our own worst enemy? Because we'll absolutely. say things, you know, we'll put money in different places, or or if we do need oil, we're not allowed to. I mean, it's kind of a travesty that people right off our own coast can can pull oil out of the ground, but we can't because we have laws that say we can't let some other country come along and basically take it out from under our ground. I mean, that's it's kind of weak. I don't think it'll ever happen. You I don't think, think we'll ever be independent? I, well, not, certainly not in our lifetimes, our children's lifetime. Probably not. Certainly not. I, I, there's, there's too much politics. At this point, I'd like to talk. We don't too, want that yeah, to happen. Yeah, there are too oh, many people. Now they are not hiding skin. a carburetor in the middle of the Smithsonian that somebody invented that has 200 miles a gallon. Mary, there's no way. Do you really Tesla think could have solved that all the problems these if they people killed in the him. oil business are for alternative energies? There for anything that will make them money. Now, if they were smart, they would do what they could do, and they would start getting into the alternative energies themselves. They were there okay. for anything but that will make you, them money. You sit here right now. You got GM, okay, who sells a car in Europe that gets over seventy-five miles to the gallon. Why don't they and sell they it here? Sell it here. Why? I don't know, Mary. Why? Money, because why? people a few years ago wouldn't buy it. It's all about money. If oil becomes high enough, and we start. Four or five bucks a gallon. People are saying, "Well, I'm going to go back and drive that really small car." Then, then it's financially makes sense for them. But if there's no money in it, they're not altruistic. They're not going to just do it for for fun. And it's a shame. 
Mm-hmm. It is but, and it goes back to American culture, get, you know, bigger, better, and all that kind of stuff. It, why, why have that little tiny car when I can buy a big SUV and get 10? Right. Well, even so, I mean, I think that's probably shifting. I think it is that shifting. whole culture of big car is shifting. And I think the, autom- the automobile manufacturers are seeing that trend change. And you're seeing more hybrids come out, more ridiculous hybrids with, you know, three electric engines and a, and a V6, you know. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense. But there, the technology is coming there. Slowly. I think it's an yeah. issue of economies of scale. I mean, the number of, of, of you know, uh, traditional engined automobiles is is too much to overcome. I mean that that culture of recycling yeah. is too much to overcome. There are still too many communities that don't have uh, any sort of green policy, and and it takes too much to get there. I just don't think I, I just don't imagine it will that we'll get there. It, I mean, and I think that is the trigger for this this Middle East discussion is that we're ne- we're not going to be able to get out of it because we're too we're too intertwined. intertwined and so in a way, you know, you have to some extent a solution that's a trifecta. Okay. It starts getting us out of the Middle East and that whole mess. It starts helping our environment, which we know, you know, we have, you know, studies after studies that the state of our environment reflects on our health, our our physical, mental health, all of those things. So it's better quality of life. And now you're creating a whole other industry, which is going to bring about a whole other set of jobs, a whole other set of expertise, people to... So you have something that has one solution that has multiple benefits. I don't understand the solution, Mary. The solution of our country starting to say we're going in the direction of alternative energies, we're putting serious money into that, we're cutting back oil, looking at our CEOs of these oil companies and saying these profits that you are making are insane, okay? Oh, Um, you know what? I think you make too much money. So... uh, You can't do that. Well, but but at now, the, I, I agree at, at the price gouging, then you have you have British Petroleum who sat and went around, bought all of the uh, propane that they could get their hands on, held it back from the market for the two market. weeks to skyrocket the prices. Absolutely, um, they're doing this. Okay, they were hoarding oil, which is. But you Mary, know, how's that different than any other business? I mean, and, and well, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's no different than than a, a store in a town who's really the only one for 50 miles and they charge more money because they can get away but with it. But are the repercussions of those actions resulting in the, the magnitude of what we have now? So in that case, I get in my car and I drive 30 miles to the next town to go to Walmart. I mean, you know, that, that, right. there's not a huge detriment right. to me when the hardware store does some price gouging. In this right. instance, we are seeing hardships on people because of what they're doing. So then, I, I think that's where the difference is. So then an, an economist would tell us that the answer is all things being equal, the consumers will eventually decide. So as oil prices go up, then the demand for new technology and, and cleaner energy and et cetera, et cetera, goes up. So at some point, there's a tipping point for that. Oh, exactly. and, and we force that. We say, government, you have to put more money into this. Oil companies, this is not acceptable, blah, blah, blah. I always struggle when we talk about people making too much money or whatever because you don't want the government to, to do well, no, I, punish no, people for, no. for being successful. But at some point, consumers have to make the decision to say this is okay and this is not okay. I read some study at one point that talked about where, where they predicted the consumers would start doing that really more wholeheartedly was at 4 bucks a gallon because then the pain was high enough to say no more. We can't do this anymore. And, and they start voting and voting with their pocketbooks and where they put their money and all that kind of stuff. And then you start seeing that shift. But I don't, I don't think we're there. It's going to get worse before it gets better, I bet. Well, that's the yeah. trick. That's the trick. I mean, even at 3 bucks a gallon, 
the way things swing, we're not two weeks away from four bucks a gallon. You know? No, exactly. Okay. It's going to take time. It's going to mm-hmm. take time. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so what's the uh, moral of this story? Reduce, reuse, recycle? Eat more French mm-hmm. fries. Eat more French fries. Uh, you know, I, have, I think been, look at look at the big picture. Yeah. I think that's a big lesson. It's a here. complicated world. Have it we is. proven that? It's complicated. <laughs> and we have to it is you have to tread lightly in everything. Not like not just at home, but diplomacy and everything and, and, and respect and it's a small, complicated world. Well and that's the trick. And we uh, just it have we are definitely not uh, you know, international political scholars. I think it behooves all of us to be more aware of what is going on over there and more aware of Absolutely. the political web that is going on that's over true. there uh, because that's what allows us to make decisions in the voting and booth. And not just take things at face value for right. what you're told. Right, exactly. especially by Bill O'Reilly. And, and, <laughs> yes, and please do not watch Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Bill, o- Bill O'Reilly. You can watch all the news you want and all the good news you want as long as it's Fox. <laughs> well, is it Bill O'Reilly's ratings drop 40%? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. They have? Yeah. Why? Uh, the pendulum swing. The pendulum swing. He's dropped 40%. Um, uh, Hannity has dropped, I don't remember what his was. Fox has dropped quite a bit. Just in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, and, Rush, and the only one that went up was Keith Oberman. Oberman of, and Rush Limbaugh gets good Viagra. Limbaugh's so dropped, too. Limbaugh's <laughs> dropped, too. <laughs> you know, pendulum swings, does it not? The pendulum swings. And on that a note... note Thank you. Thank you, Thank Mike, you. for sitting this down uh, at the round table. Very educational. And again, uh, to refresh for the audience, where can we find you? Channel 11. Channel 11, right. KBOO. And KBOO on Saturday, Sunday morning um, from uh, quarter to 12 to 12. All right. And, uh, and 9 uh, p.m. on Channel 11 for television show from 9 to 10. All right. And Iran Iman. Iran Iman. Dot TV. TV. TV, exactly. An international star. International star right. in our midst. <laughs> Jamie, thank you. Thank you. Mary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank great. you, Mary. Good talking to you guys. I love talking I to you. I love talking to Jamie, too. <laughs> He's coming to my side over time, I can tell. She's like my sister. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> wayward sister that you're trying to bring home. God, what you can't see road. is Jamie pulling Mary's hair <laughs> and the scratching. All right. Thank you, everybody. And bye we're out of here. <laughs> she bit me. This has been Tuesday Noon for July 18th, 2006. To catch up on the show notes, check out our new website at Tuesday12.com. And don't forget to send us email at Tuesday12 at gmail.com. See you next week on Tuesday Noon.